We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome in to the wednesday edition of the pack a day podcast i am your host dusty evely with me as always as usual i should say because i actually wasn't here last week is the lovely steve perhatch and uh the very handsome sarah kelleher guys how are you i missed you last week sarah how are you doing I'm good. I'm happy that the gang is all back together, that preseason is pretty much over, and now the focus shifts to the regular season. So, you know, we have a lot to talk about on the episode today, lots of, you know, legitimate news, and we didn't have to scrap for content, so that's always lovely. So I'm doing great. Thank you. You're welcome. Steve, how are you doing, man? Not too bad. Not too bad. It was a, it was a long day for work, you know. Working in the, the finance world, it's the end of the month, so there's always people pushing to get stuff done. Uh, so that was, you know, crazy. And then I've, I finished up two fantasy football drafts yesterday and today. So big shout out to my wife for putting the kids to bed both nights and, <laughs> and allowing me to do those things and then following it up with a podcast. So she's a saint and uh, I don't deserve her, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to talk some Packers football and, and and get the whole team together again. It's uh, we we had a, f- a lot of fun last week. We we had some good content and good interactions, but yeah, it's it's never the same when it's not uh, the three of us. Yeah, for sure. And I you know I, I listened the next day. You guys did a great job. I I had stuff for work that kind of kept me out. Unfortunately, last minute. Um, but I'm glad you guys held it down. I'm sorry for bailing on you. So we're gonna try to make that up this week. So as Sarah said, we're not scrapping for content, and we're not scrapping for content because things happen, man. It was uh, yesterday when you're listening to this was cut down day. Um, the big news, the biggest news, the biggest news of the day: the Packers traded. They traded for a punter, one Mr. Cor- Corey. Boyorquez? Boyorquez. Corey Boyorquez. Uh, so just a quick rundown. 24 years old, undrafted. He was uh, recently in the with the Rams, Johnny, backing up Johnny Hecker. Uh, but he actually played his first three seasons in Buffalo. Uh, I think, I believe he ended up by PFF's ratings fifth in hang time. J.K. Scott was first, but uh, Boyorquez actually had a further, uh, further distance. I think 50.8 yards per punt. So... I mean, this has been something, and, and I think the trade was the Packers sent uh, a, a 2023 sixth, and they got back Boyarquez and a 2023 seventh from the Rams. So kind of a wash there. 
It's also looking like he'll probably be holder. And then I think it lasted. It was roughly about an hour later they cut J.K. Scott. So, I mean, this has been something. This isn't really a shock. You know, Scott's been up and down since he's been with the Packers. That was kind of, the, you know, the big hope that he was going to shake out with uh, with his leg. And it just inconsistencies kind of did him in and killed him. So uh, that was kind of, uh, I mean, kind of a shock, I think, you know, that that was kind of done. But uh, I don't know. Steve, how do you feel about that move? I don't know what the hell to do with my J.K. Scott jersey now. Like, seriously, what's it? <laughs> Honestly, I like it. I, I really like the move. I think it's aggressive, and I think I, I know there's going to be people that complain and bitch and moan that the Packers have used. You know, uh, was J.K. Scott the was he a fifth round pick, sixth round? I think fifth. Fifth. So they used a fifth round pick on him. Um, they used a pick on a long snapper. They, you know, and then now they're trading a pick to get this guy. And so the hell, what have you seen the special teams play from the Packers the last several years? Get somebody good. I mean, that, that you need a talented punter because that flips the field. And when you have J.K. Scott punting for, what, was it 21 yard, 23 yards? In the <laughs> uh, like, 21, yeah. One, yeah. How do you see this as anything but positive? Like, they, they, uh, they are identifying problems, and they are going out of their way to fix them. That is exactly what you want out of a GM. So I like it. Sarah, how do you feel? Yeah, I mean it can't it couldn't be worse really um than what James <laughs> there, Scott was there it already is. Doing. That's a spirit. So that's just kind of my thought is why not try something new and god help us if it is worse because like you said Steve the Packers special teams they're just a headache. So if this is one thing that can help that then great. So yeah, it was a little weird to see a a punter's trade but it's going to help the Packers. I'm here for it. Yeah, I know. The, yeah, the, the the pick stuff. It is. It does suck when you spend a pick on a punter and it doesn't it doesn't shake out. But uh, this year was going to be his last year on a contract, and it clearly was not working. So, um, I don't know. Too bad. But uh, I'm hoping for uh, we're on the Boyarquez train here now at Pack a Day, I suppose. So, uh, <laughs> the other news. Uh, this was. I mean, this is the biggest news of the day. It was cut down day. Uh, rosters had to go down to 53. Uh, today and so that just meant a whole lot of cuts so we've seen you know I don't know about you guys I had my own personal 53 man roster just to kind of like just so I could when I'm talking if I'm saying I could see this guy making the roster if I look back I say oh I had 70 guys making my roster this doesn't make any sense to try to make sense of it myself I know a lot of people track this a lot of people are looking what's that final 53 going to be now we know all too well that the final 53 even tomorrow is not going to be the final 53 this is always in flux we've seen that with Gutekunst time and time again but for now for today we've got the final 53 and all of these conversations that have be, everyone's had over the past month through preseason even before that in terms of all these these battles and who's going to make the team those can all be put to bed tem- temporarily roughly so we're just going to kind of take a rundown of the final 53 and look at the position groups and see kind of what we think about where they sit. Any major um, kind of uh, cuts or signings from you guys that you didn't expect. So we're just going to go ahead and hit that, I guess. Uh, we're going to start with quarterback. I mean, for me, I don't know about you guys, no real surprises. They kept two. They kept Aaron Rodgers. They kept Jordan Love all off season. You know, everyone fell in love with Kurt Benkert, me included. I, I love Kurt Benkert. I kind of assumed they were going to keep uh, two. 
And I know, uh, you know, with what the Falcons are doing, that was a big thing with AJ McCarron went down. And if they, if they let go of Bankert and try to get him back in the practice squad, are the Falcons going to try to do it? Well, the Falcons actually kept three Falcons kept Matt Ryan, Felipe Franks, and, um, Josh Rosen as their quarterback. So they're likely not going to take Bankert. So there's still a chance he gets back on practice squad. But, uh, Sarah, what do you think about the, the quarterback shakeout about what you thought? I mean, I wasn't surprised kind of what I expected. I know there was, um, some speculation about Bankard and, you know, if he would actually make the final 53, but I think most people were in agreement that sadly he would probably, um, cut and then hopefully brought back on the practice squad. So that's, you know, kind of what I think is going to happen. It seems like he really likes being in green Bay and that a lot of the guys really like him too. So if they can have a guy like that on the practice squad, um, that's awesome, but nothing too, you know, surprising there. Steve, where are you at with quarterbacks? Totally agree with what with uh, what they did. I mean, he's a good story. Benkert is for sure, and a great follow on Twitter, and wholesome, and everything that you want. But there, there's plenty of other spots to add, like one more guy to the 53. You know, wide receiver, tight end. Like there, there's going to be issues there. Like you know, uh, offensive line, plenty of places that you would I would take an extra body at as opposed to the quarterback because, uh, you know. 12 is 12 is taking taking it for 17 games shouldn't be a problem there and yeah just run with it all right we're on the same page running backs i think kind of the same way there's i think there's a scenario where they maybe kept four uh but you know they kept they kept three which i think is is kind of what a lot of us expected they kept aaron jones aj Dillon, and uh kylan hill the seventh rounder they took this last year so uh Steve, where are you sitting on that running back room? Did you, I mean, I know Patrick Taylor was kind of a story. Dexter Williams looked good in preseason. Where do you sit with that running back room? If Kylan Hill wouldn't have been as good as he was, I would have thought four. But when he was producing as well as he did, you know, continually making plays, he also has the ability to return kicks. Like, they've got three uber-talented running backs. Again, like, why are you adding a fourth? Like you can sneak Patrick uh, Taylor onto the um, on the practice squad. Like there's there's no need to throw a fourth guy in there when those three guys are like you, at this point the Packers are going to be forced to figure out ways to get Kylan Hill onto the mm-hmm. field. Like it's not just he's just a, a guy uh, in the running back group. Like they're going to need to figure out five to six plays a game for him. And so I think when you got those three talented running backs like that that's enough like you don't need to keep the fourth so I liked what they did Sarah what do you sit with the running back room I totally agree I mean I feel like when we go through this list we're we're going to agree on a lot of things just because it makes sense it's the thing that you know if if I'm the GM of the Packers I'm going to do that too but I think Hill has the opportunity to be really special and you know from everything I've seen you know and watching the preseason games, evaluating, writing the game recaps, I think Hill is an ultimate steal in the seventh round, and he's going to be able to produce. I wouldn't be surprised if LaFleur actually has plays, you know, meant for him and working him into the playbook. Not all the time, but there might be, you know, a few things up his sleeve because he he's going to be a weapon. You know, people talk all the time about how the Packers don't have weapons. Well, Kylan Hill is going to be a weapon in the future for Green Bay. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's just just a weapon. I kind of in my mind, I thought they might keep keep Dexter Williams for a bit, just that he's the more from what we've seen. I mean, he's been in the league longer, but that kind of more polished runner, whereas Kylan Hill is kind of more an X factor guy right now. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't hate the I don't hate keeping the three there. 
Uh, wide receiver, they kept six. This was one, I mean, up until the Funchess injury, I had them keeping seven. And then once Funchess went down, it was where well, you could make a case for a couple different guys. Uh, they cut. Uh, they ended up cutting EQ, Joan Winfrey, Reggie Begleton, and Damon Hazleton. So that wide receiver room sits Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, MVS, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, and Malik Taylor. Uh, just, just kind of, I believe, as as we all kind of as, as assumed was going to happen. I mean, that, that's where I kind of sat. So, Steve, is that where you were sitting on wide receivers as well? Yep, couldn't agree more. I mean, that's that's pretty much exactly what I, I thought. It, when you didn't see EQ at all in the preseason, I, I thought that was pretty telling. It was either he's guaranteed to make the roster or he's guaranteed to be cut. It was like yeah. it was black and white on that one. And, yeah, when he didn't see any snaps, it was just kind of, okay, we, we know what you can do. And if we need you in a couple of weeks, we'll probably be able to find you on the street. So horrible. To, I feel like, I feel like actually a little horrible saying that out loud because <laughs> that, that that's really cold. Um, but we, we kind of know what we're getting from EQ and yeah, I, I like what they're so far. Love everything the Packers did. Sarah, where you sit with the wide receivers? Yeah. I mean, Malik Taylor, I was really excited about how he performed in the preseason. Um, and it was pretty clear that, you know, if there's a final spot, it's it's going to go, it was going to go to him. He he really came through. He made um, plays when he needed to, he took advantage of his opportunities. And, you know, with EQ, it's just unfortunate. He could never stay healthy. I think, you know, he has all the potential. He has the skill set. It's just, he couldn't stay healthy and he, no. it could, it never worked out. And, uh, it, you know, hopefully he ends up somewhere and he's able to stay healthy and perform. But unfortunately it just didn't work out for him and the Packers. Yeah. I was, I was a huge EQ guy. And then this was kind of, well, this is kind of the prove it year. And then with, uh, you know, uh, the getting Cobb in the, in the door and then the Amari Rogers draft and then Taylor showing out was like, okay, well, this is the end of it. So kind of sad way to see him go out. I do hope he latches on somewhere. Cause that is a guy that you always hope was going to shake out and it just, just didn't. So it was a little sad. Uh, I tended before you go, mm-hmm. I will. I saw this question on Twitter, and I just kind of. I think we got it last week, and I wanted to know what your thoughts on it were. But do you feel that Randall Cobb, like and Aaron Rodgers, kind of like stole a wide receiver position? Do you think EQ is better? Would be a better fit in the offense than Randall Cobb? No, no, I don't. I mean, I, I think if EQ is the guy that I hoped he was going to turn into, like yes. Because EQ is younger, he's longer, he's faster. Like I think, I think you can do more with EQ. Like I guess the ideal version of EQ than you could with Cobb at this stage in his career. But I think you know there's so much on the in this offense. You know, revolves around a, a lot of it. You know, blocking, and you need guys that know their assignments. And I'm not saying that EQ didn't know his assignments, but Cobb is a better blocker, uh, better route runner. Kind of knows what Rogers is doing after after you know everything kind of breaks down. And so I think that I think the fact that Again, this is going to sound mean like you just sounded, Steve. I think the fact that Cobb is like could be a useful player and you can carve out a niche for him is something that EQ was just never able to do. EQ was a guy, he, he was never like a package built around him. There's never anything like you you put him out there and like he'll get one play a year. We had a really nice run after catch, you know, really yeah, nice snag. Yeah, play, play against the 49ers. Yeah, the back shoulder against the yep. 49ers. He had that third down run and catch against the the lions where he spun out of like four guys around him and ran for 15 yards and it set up a field goal. Like you got those plays. So he showed those flashes, but I think, I think you need, 
I mean, out of out of a player like that, you know, you you want a guy to flash like that, or out of that like wide receiver four, wide receiver five position, you just want okay when that guy comes out, can he be consistent and can he do his can he do his job essentially? And EQ, I just don't know that ever got to that point where they really trusted him, and I feel like you can trust Cobb. So I, I, that's that's kind of where I sit on that, I guess. Um, tight end room. We'll go to tight end room. They kept four: uh, Mercedes Lewis, Robert Tunyon, Josiah Deguara, and Dominique Daphne. There's there was some noise about uh, you know uh, Bronson Kafusi that perhaps he could make it. He did not make the cut, and of course Jay Sternberger is suspended for the first two games. We're going to talk about him a little more more in a minute. But tight end room, I know for me, shook out roughly how I expected it. Sarah. Yeah, no, no surprises here. This was exactly what, you know, I was anticipating. And I think this is a really strong tight end room. I mean, put, putting DeGuara back in the mix. I, when I saw him out in the field on Saturday, <laughs> so I was like, oh, DeGuara. And then I'm instantly, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm excited. I can't imagine how excited Dusty is so right excited. now. So, um, no, that's that's a really solid position group for the Packers. Deguara caught like a four-yard out route, and I was like, ooh, he did it, Literally, he did that's it. what I did. I, I'm watching it with my boyfriend, Bailey, and we're we're just kind of hanging out, watching the game. I'm taking notes, and then he catches the pass, and I'm like, it's Deguara. And he's like, what? He's like, it was literally like just a normal route. Like The way I acted, it was like he did something really magnificent and wonderful when he just caught the ball, you know, which is his job. So, <laughs> uh, Steve, what do you sit on the tight end room? Man, it's it's hard not to concentrate on on Sternberger for me. Like, I, I hate it. Like again, like I feel bad, but like I can't see him on the roster in a couple of weeks. It just with like like Sarah just said, this this group is so strong, so deep. As much as it sucks that he's a, he was a third round draft pick, he's just he's not getting it. I mean, the tight ends coach is going out of his way to like Matt said, he was going out of his way to to like downplay Sternberger like mm-hmm. they were asking questions about you know like his great plan game he's like dude you, you guys need to temper this like he doesn't understand the playbook like a third year tight end doesn't understand the playbook that's a huge red flag so I think there it's it's solid I mean what Tanya I don't, I don't anticipate Tanya dropping a ball this year yeah. again like he just does what he does Mercedes Lewis being being the veteran guy that you want and 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 daphne like man they're deguara like they're they are set there so offensively like i am i am you know a pig in in all sorts of stuff with the uh, packers offense yeah actually we'll talk about sternberger for a second because we did get a question we normally save this at the end but this is relevant here from from joshua pinaski i'm probably probably not saying that correctly um is what are the chance of sternberger sternberger uh, makes it past week six. Seems like between his suspension and the rest of the tight end room, he could be at risk of a midseason drop. And Steve, I mean, I'm I'm right there with you. I I he's on the suspended list because he's going to miss those two games unless there's an injury or unless something happens. I don't anticipate him back in week three. I mean, you've got you know, Mercedes Lewis is kind of the traditional kind of that wide tight end. Tunyon kind of more the pass catching guy who can block. I mean, he's he's definitely grown his game. We saw that a lot last year. Deguara, we still don't know exactly what he's going to do, but I mean, he showed. And I wrote about this. Um, there was that that two play sequence on the goal line. There was Deguara when they ran. Uh, I think the, the Packers first drive this past week. They ran Dylan into the line, and Deguara is kind of the inset in line tight end on the left, and he needed to wash. Get your guy, lock him up, wash him out of line. Deguara does that. The very next play, Sternberger 
third-year tight end. He should have this by now. Just lets the dude right inside of him who stops A.J. Dillon in the backfield. Like, that, those plays there are just indicative to me of kind of where those guys are at right now. And then Dominique Daphne, who I don't think is amazing, but he's got, you know, some positional versatility there that allows him to do what they want to do. So, I mean, I think, like, to me, I mean, it's nice. They've they got that two-game buffer. Unless there's an injury, I don't it, – forget week six, man. I don't think Sternberger's back when he gets off suspension is my feeling. Um, all right. Offensive line, offensive line. So this was another one that was kind of, you know, a lot of who's going to get this. And there were some surprises here to me anyway. So we'll, we'll go with who they kept. They kept nine. They kept Elton Jenkins, Billy Turner, Lucas Patrick, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, John Runyon, Yash Niesman, Nyman, Yash Nyman, I think is what it is. Uh, Dennis Kelly and Jake Hansen. A couple surprises there. And then of course, uh, Bakhtiari is starting on the pup list. So he's out for the first six weeks. So that means they released Ben Braden, Cole Van Landen, my boy, Koi Kronk, and Jacob Capra. So some surprises here. Uh, Steve, do you want to kind of go with what you thought about the offensive line room? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a little shocking. Like Ben Braden getting cut. Yeah. I mean, we all we all kind of had him penciled in, yeah. like written with pen in almost as not a starter, but a backup. I mean, he was getting some run with the the ones, I think, believe back uh, back in early parts of training camp and stuff like that. So, yeah, that one was pretty shocking. But I guess if, if I will say, if it's one thing that the Packers do well, it is develop like mid-level <laughs> draft picks into just amazing starters. So I can't, I can't knock anything they did. I cannot knock anything they did. So I believe in the Green Bay Packers and their ability to uh, to analyze offensive linemen. So I'm just going with it. Sarah, where are you at? Yeah, I thought this was interesting. Um, but, it, you know, we talk about positions that are really strong for the Packers. And when you think about that and you evaluate the team and you look at the history of this team, O-line is always one where they've really in recent years thrived. So yeah, I'm kind of with Steve on this. I just trust the Packers on this one. And um, yeah, there were a couple of surprises, but I think the guys that they have, it'll be fine. And obviously Bakhtiari will be back, you know, midway kind of through the season. So um, and it, it, it is, it is what it is. I think they'll be fine. And Aaron Rodgers will be well protected another year. Yeah. For me, the surprise in there was, was Steve touched on his Braden. I mean, he, I thought he showed out pretty well in the preseason. I mean, not, not a rock, but any search of the imagination, but there was times where, I mean, Royce Newman was kind of the talk of preseason with what he was doing. And there was times I'm looking and, and I was kind of drawn more to what Braden was doing than what Newman was doing. Uh, so he's, I mean, you know, definitely not amazing by any stretch of the imagination, but I think he was solid. He's a guy, I hope they're able to bring back practice squad if they can sneak him back on uh, just because I, I, I think he showed some really good stuff. And Steve, like you said, he was maybe even that first opening five of like that first practice. Braden may have been one of the starters, one of those first two days. Um, so he's, if he's not, it was, it was uh, like the, the voluntary camps. Like, yeah, you know, like he was there. Like, when they had a lot of depth at at uh, offensive line, they, he was still running with the ones, and it was kind of that was one I was shocked by. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, in the preseason, I you know I thought running uh, performed way worse than I kind of expected, and Brainerd was way better, and so and they, you know I kind of assumed they were keeping running, but that was that was a little of a shock to me. Um, defensive line. So some of the talk of defensive line was, I, man, okay, Jack Heflin looks good. Uh, are they going to keep Jack Heflin or are they going to keep Tyler Lancaster? And the answer was both. They're keeping both. They kept six defensive linemen. They kept Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, Kingsley Kiki, Tyler Lancaster, TJ Slayton, our our favorite TJ Slayton, and Jack Heflin, Cut Willington Prevalon, Carlo Kemp, and Abdullah Anderson. Like Anderson was a relatively late add, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember when he came on, but I think he was relatively late. So, uh, Sarah, any surprises in that defensive line group to you? 
just that they kept that many was yeah. really the surprise there. Um, but, you know, at first when I saw that, I'm like, what? Why? why? You know, why, why would they keep that many? But, um, you know, looking back in the last few years, this has been an area with a lot of injuries for the Packers. So maybe they're just thinking, hey, you know, we have an extra guy that's on the roster that we know is capable. And in case somebody gets hurt, we, we trust this person. You know, they're they're getting good reps in practice. So let's just go with it. But yeah, I was a little surprised at the sheer number of them that they kept on the roster for this year. Steve? I just like Jack Heflin's dad. <laughs> he's, he, he's on yeah. Twitter and he's yeah. like defending his son. He's he's pimping him out when he he makes the fifty three man roster. Like all I could see, like as soon as I saw that today, I was I saw that he uh, put a tweet out about him making the fifty three man roster. I was like, dude, if, if if my kid ever makes an NFL team, that's me. Like I am tweeting about my kid, and that that was awesome. So again, like Sarah said, the depth was such a problem last year, and that was the only reason I kind of gathered they would they would do what they did and, and keep a lot of bodies. And I think they're going to try to figure out who they really like. And as we've talked about this, it's the initial 53 men. It's not the end all be mm-hmm. all. Like, and I, I see a lot of action on the defensive line going forward. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, no, very good football then. Very good football mm-hmm. then. I know I was I was very much on Heflin after the first preseason game. He only had the uh, he stopped that screen pass. We had the the kind of the awareness to recognize and make that that kind of that really nice diving shoestring tackle uh, that, for a young guy. The really good awareness on that. So I'm excited. I hope he sticks. Um, you know, I, I was I was in favor of keeping him over Lancaster. Um, so I'm I'm glad they both made it, and we'll see what happens going forward. Uh, we'll go to the uh, edge group, the the outside linebacker group. They kept five, which is kind of a shock uh, to me. I thought they were going to keep four, and that might just point to what they think about Zadarius Smith's injury, or maybe they're just keeping five, and we'll see what else clears up. So right now they're keeping Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, Jonathan Garvin, and Chauncey Rivers. I was definitely in the camp of, man, are they going to keep Garvin or Rivers? And, and again, 
the answer was both. Um, so, Sarah, what do you think about the outside linebacker group? Should I even have an opinion, or should I just let Steve take this one? No, Steve gets the next one. Steve gets inside linebackers. linebackers we all, we all share. We all share Come outside on. linebackers. All right. Well, I just hear <laughs> linebackers, and that's all I need. Then I get nervous because I'm afraid Steve's going to yell at me or something. So, <laughs> but I don't have anger issues, Sarah. <laughs> um. Anyways. How do I feel about it? Um, kind of the same way I feel about the position group we were just talking about, that they kept more than I was anticipating. And um, something that, you know, I totally agree with you, Dusty. It was kind of between those two for me. And I'm like, it's going to be one or the other. And they kept both. Um, so this is a position that I see a cut, you know, in the middle of the mm-hmm. year. Maybe they're just trying to figure it out now, like just see how it goes. But I cannot imagine, at least in both position groups keeping that many guys some somebody's getting cut in one or the other you know whether it's week three or midway through the season or something like that but there's no way that that sticks for both position groups steve makes me a little bit worried about z if they're yeah if they're freaking out uh, you know want to make sure they have a little depth there so i think that's the thing that kind of caught me off guard the most they clearly like the guys that they've got and Again, kind of like the like Sarah just said, like like I said about the last group, the the defensive the defensive lineman, like where I don't anticipate this being the final fifty, like the final group that they have on the fifty three, but they'll let these couple guys like fight it out, see which one they like even more after a couple couple of games in like the regular season, and uh, they'll go from there. So, yeah, I'm okay with it, but it's you know offensive side of the ball, I felt super comfortable. Defensive side of the ball, I'm kind of like, okay, there's some question marks here. Yeah, and honestly, this next group is probably my biggest question mark in terms of we just talked about two groups where they kept more guys. Now, some of that is the way they're going to be playing. They're likely going to have more bodies up front, uh, just just the way they're likely going to play defense this year. But still, six guys on the line, five outside linebackers, and five inside linebackers. Five inside. I had them like keep them like three, I think, just try to fit in other guys. So they're inside linebacker room. Devondre Campbell, I assume those a lock. Chris Barnes, lock. Oren Burks was a guy I've always been high on. And then after his preseason, I was like, I was penciling him in. Ty Summers was a guy I was middling on because of his uh, basically special teams ability. And then Isaiah McDuffie was kind of a bat out of hell rookie that I did not know was going to make the team. So that's five inside linebackers. Again, Devonder Campbell, Chris Barnes, Oren Burks, Ty Summers, Isaiah McDuffie. That's a lot of inside linebackers. Now, I assume the like a lot of their special teams is coming out of that. Three of those guys may be just dedicated special teamers. But this is an area where I'm like, I would carry four and carry an extra running back or an extra wide receiver if you want to go that route. So this one felt overstuffed, and this is this is Steve. I'm going to let Steve cook for a minute, Sarah, and then we'll get to you. But, Steve, how do you feel about the inside linebacker room? Uh, I mean, it's the overwhelming theme of the Packers and inside linebackers. I don't know what the hell they're doing. I, I legitimately <laughs> ne- I never know what they're doing. You Like you said, you would, you would have expected three. And sure. They need some help on the special teams. God knows that they do. And so maybe that's where they're identifying Ty Summers, Isaiah McDuffie. Like, maybe those are the, that's what they want for them. And, okay, I get it. Maybe they, those guys should be labeled as special teams players, yeah. not inside linebackers. Sure. But, man, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I, I never know when it comes to inside linebackers. I'm never going to know when it comes to inside linebackers. I just know it's always going to piss me off. Sarah, how do you feel like following that? Do I have to? Um, yes. I mean, that, that was just that really... was a perfect response. So. <laughs> well, I just laughed because when we had when we were talking with Matt a couple weeks ago, 
Steve just like, why can't they get it right? Why can't they ever figure it out? And it just, I feel like that is And the, he said, he legitimately goes, that's a great question. Yeah. That's, <laughs> no, I was just going to say, it's a million dollar question. If somebody has the answer, I mean, they're just a genius because we don't know. This is one of those positions. This position group and special teams drive me insane because the Packers can just never make it work. There are always, you know, one or two guys that come and there's promise and you're like, all right. And then they just either decline or they get traded in some trade or it doesn't work out or it's like J.K. Scott where they're good for, you know, one or two years and then they just decide not to be good anymore. I don't know. So. Sure, I'll just agree with Steve, um, partially in fear that he'll yell at me if I disagree with him. Oh, that's, so. that, I mean, that, if you're going to agree with Steve, that's the reason to agree with Steve right there. Uh, we'll move on to the cornerback room. They kept six, but honestly, the, it's, the, it's the six that they kept. There's one guy there that, that I think was a little bit of a surprise to me. Before I say this, I do want to say, you know, they, they traded um, Kadar Holman to the Texans a couple weeks ago. Uh, I think they got a six-round pick in return, and the Texans just cut him today. So they got a six-round six-round pick for yeah. legitimately nothing. Which thanks, I thanks, Houston. Seventh, seventh round. Seventh round. Okay, maybe so, seventh. He round. was drafted yeah. in the sixth, I think. And okay, got maybe that's seven. what I'm thinking. Okay, but yeah, like legit, like they got a they got a pick for a guy that they could just grab right now. Yeah, that's well, insane. Yeah. It's great. Good for them. Thanks, Houston. Uh, mm-hmm. So the cornerback room. Some of these are no surprise. It's Jair Alexander, Kevin King, Eric Stokes, Shannon Sullivan, Shamar John Charles. And then the last one, which was a bit of a surprise to me, was Isaac Yadam. I kind of thought they were going to do uh, KB and Ento. He was kind of the camp darling there. So they, they let go of Ento. Steven Denmark, who I thought was a really intriguing guy. They had just picked up just a huge guy that I thought could be a really good uh, kind of punt gunner and maybe profiles more as a safety. And then uh, Rosterman, Rosterman Ferris, who they just uh, just picked up. So, cornerback room sarah how do you feel about their cornerback room yeah i I agree with about intel i was really surprised about that one i thought he was kind of a lock um to make it for the cornerbacks but i feel okay i think the front half of that list i feel a little better about than the bottom half but we'll see how it goes i i i don't know i really was surprised by Ento. i thought like you said dusty that he was it he, I was getting Malik Taylor vibes from him this camp, just, you know, taking advantage of the opportunities, showing up when he needed to. And it, to me, you know, they had the same outcome, but obviously the Packers thought differently. So. You can tell Sarah's trying to rationalize it because her voice kept getting higher the more she's <laughs> kind of talking about this, which I which I really appreciate. I just uh, want it to be okay. All right? <laughs> maybe it's this. I don't know. Uh, Steve, where do you sit with the cornerbacks? Man, Sarah has said so many times on this podcast, I wish this was a video podcast so you guys could see like Steve or Dusty's face when they were talking about this. And I wish you could have seen Sarah's face when she was talking about the cornerback group because it was just like had like a fake smile of like i i'm happy no i'm really just trying so hard i was like the one meme where the person's smiling but if you like take off the face they're like angry and crying (laughs) behind that was just me now uh you know the defense is in flux man it'll be very interesting to see how some of these young guys do i think with ento they probably feel that they can sneak him to the practice squad and then move him up if need be and 
I mean, when you, uh, they they took the kid from that they traded for from the Giants, right? That was, uh, yeah, uh, Adam, that yeah. was number six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he started games for the Giants last year, and if you throw that guy out onto the waiver wire as opposed to Ento, I feel like he's going to get grabbed before the you know before Ento is. So that's my guess as to what it is. I would I I was in the same thought process as all of you. I thought Ento would have been the guy that they would have kept and. It was shocking, but again, it's the it's it's not the final the final yeah. fifty three for this. This is going to have so many so many moves and things like that. So, um, I, I'm kind of like the sh- I'm like the the Jordan shrug emoji guy. Like, eh, we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. My my only thing with Ento is, I mean, this defense it's kind of. I mean, to some extent, some of the stuff Petten was doing where it's kind of you're going to have to rally and tackle. And Ento in the preseason missed so many tackles, man, just so many. So I saw all that stuff. I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, if this guy can't tackle, that seems like that's going to be a harder time for him making. I still had him penciled in, but uh, not not super shocking that he was gone. Um, last up as far as these groups before we get to the, you know, the, the last uh, special team specialist here, it's the safeties. Now, this is another one that shocked me a little bit. This is one where I thought you could have skimped on inside linebacker and gone a little heavier with the safeties. They kept four safeties. They kept, of course, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, Henry Black, and Vernon Scott, who we've talked about quite a bit. They let go of Christian Uphoff and Ines Gaines. Both of those guys I thought had a really interesting case to make it, and I thought at least one of them would. So the fact that neither of them did was shocking. That's, that's one where I was like, man, I would have dropped, I don't know, like Isaiah McDuffie and kept either up off and gains. If it was me kept five safeties based on how they're likely to play defense, uh, then, then, then just keep four and then keep that five inside linebacker room. So this is more than Dexter Williams, more than a seventh wide receiver. This is the one with like, I don't know, man, like five safeties made way more sense to me than five inside linebackers, but that's just me. Sarah, where do you sit with these? Uh, these are our final safeties for the time being. Yeah. This is another group that it's just like, okay, there's a few guys that, I feel solid with and the others I'm not so sure but hopefully you know they're able to push through but I definitely could see changes um in the future and I know Perry wrote a really good story about the safeties um Mm -hmm. for Dusty's blog so definitely check that out if you haven't because she really said everything better than I possibly ever could so definitely check that out Perry loves her safety Steve where are you out with safeties (laughs) Yeah, again, like I think it's something that they're probably they're banking on. They can they can get pro- they can probably get up off into the practice squad. And the other the only other news and notes thing that I saw that kind of made sense to me was that I believe that Chris Banjo was cut today. Mm-hmm. And so um, special teams expert Chris Banjo. So it wouldn't shock me if they kind of made a move to bring him back at some point here if he doesn't get picked up by anybody else. So. I don't love it. Honestly, this was, this was one of the ones just like you said, like I, I would have thought you want multiple, multiple safeties, the way that this, this defense runs the way that, you know, you can sub package, put them into a linebacker role and, you know, and dime and stuff like that. Like that would have made a lot of sense to me. So I didn't quite get this, but again, shockingly, I am not a GM in the NFL. So I'm going to trust Goody to, to put the Packers in the best position. Yeah, and I think I think of all of them. I think that's that's the one that surprised me the most as far as how few bodies they kept. Uh, rounded out with our specialist, who, as we mentioned at the top of the show, is uh, uh, Corey. It was with technically J.K. Scott. 
uh, then you know trade for Corey, Corey Boracquez and drop J.K. Scott, and then uh, Mason Crosby and Hunter Bradley uh, are are the guys that we've run it out with. So overall, our 53-man roster we've just gone through. I mean, I I'm <laughs> I kind of sit with I really like the offense. You know, a couple questions the offensive line probably uh, kept a lot. <laughs> A lot of guys on defense, man. A whole lot of that offensive. The, the linebacker room just between outside linebackers and inside linebacker room, just overstuffed. Just overstuffed. But, I don't know, a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. So, just looking at it holistically, we'll say, are the full 53, knowing it's going to be in flux. Steve, how do you feel about the your 2021 Green Bay Packers as they currently stand? Um, honestly, like, like we kind of talked about the whole way through. I feel really good about the offense. I feel like they're going to do exactly the type of things that they did last year. And I think it's going to even be even better. Like I, th- I think the addition of Randall Cobb slash Amari Rogers, I think those are going to be some really key additions. Like that slot, that slot position is really solidified where, you know, you had a EQ kind of hit and miss. You had um, Lazard trying to bounce around. Like you had MVS. Like I feel like there's so many more solidified roles for the offense and then adding Kylan Hill having Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon as that, that running that group, like, man, this, this offense is going to be humming and it's going to be humming real quick, like ready to go. Even if Bakhtiari is on the pup list and not ready to go. Like, I don't, I don't have a problem with the offense at all. It's the defense that you just have your question marks about again. And I think that's the reason they threw more bodies at it. They're trying to figure out a couple of things, hope a couple of guys hit um, and taking a couple of chances on guys. So I almost feel like it's pretty much just like the 2020 team of last year where like I felt good about the offense question marks about the defense, but overall I'm excited. I think this is a super bowl caliber team and uh, I'm ready for the regular season, man. Sarah, where are you at with the, with the 53? Yeah. I mean, Steve hit on a lot of it already, but it's kind of, you know, we're in the same position that we were last year when we were evaluating the Packers, we're looking, you know, at their, at all three phases and, you know, the offense looks spectacular. They look like they're going to tear up the league again and that they're definitely going to put up, you know, crazy numbers. They've added people, you know, like Kylan Hill, Amari Rogers, you know, that are only going to Randall Cobb, you know, that are only going to spice things up even more. DeGuaro is back. Like we talked about earlier in the show. So yeah, the offense, a lot of good stuff there. And not that's not what's keeping me awake at night. Again, another year, the defense and special teams are kind of worrying me. You know, you're looking at the defense, which struggled, you know, a lot of times last year, and there, there aren't a lot of major, major changes. So, you know, we, we have to hope that something changes, that, you know, some new schemes that they have set up with the new um, coach on defense, things maybe can improve that way. And then with special teams, we have to hope that, you know, this punter is as good as people you know say he is and that then we can actually tackle people on punt and kick returns. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think they're the Packers are certainly a Super Bowl contender um, again this year. And I'm really excited. I'm I mean, we're when you're listening to this 11 days away. So it's just you know we're so close. And I think, again, we're going to see the Packers are going to score a lot of points every single game. And it's just a matter of if we can stop the other team from scoring too. So, yeah, for sure. And just and just to round this out, so today is just in this is Wednesday uh, at four p.m. Uh, New York time on Wednesday, September first is the the time for waiver claims. 
And so at that time, after 4 p.m., then you can start building out the practice squads. That's where all these, you know, possibly Benkert comes back and you know, all, all these guys that were kind of you've had your eye on during preseason. Well, I hope they can come back on the practice squad uh, around 4 p.m. today on September 1st is when is when that movement can start happening when all the waivers have been through in process. So that's something to keep an eye on going forward we are going to as we always do we're going to get to your questions here uh we we got you know quite a few good ones we couldn't get to all of them this week but thank you as always for sending them in as we do like to hear what you guys want to hear about so we're going to kick this off since we just got done running through the entire 53 we're going to go with a question from joseph quincy uh he asks would you rather be the 79th guy on the team and get cut right away or 54th and wait until the last minute to get cut. So I think there's some, some fun conversations to be had around this one. So uh, Steve, where do you sit on this? Where would you want to be the last guy, last guy out or the first guy out? I know we kind of disagree on this, but I think my thought process is I would want to be the 54th guy cut, especially if it's coming from the Packers team, because this team is so deep. This team has so many veterans and there weren't a lot of open positions to be had on the Packers squad. So if I'm number 54, I have a really good feeling that I'm going to be, you know, a commodity on the open market that some other team is going to see me and be like, okay, just because the Packers didn't want him doesn't mean that he's not, he's not okay for our 53. So I feel like it would suck to be like that last guy, like, you know, watching everybody else go. And then all of a sudden you're the last one cut. Sure, that would be horrible, but I would still feel like I would be able to catch on to a team a lot quicker than if you're the you're cut at like seventy five. Sarah, where are you? Where do you come down on this? I would rather be cut early because if I'm I'm a very anxious person, so if I'm there at the end and going to be on the you know final day of cuts for the fifty three, I'm just gonna sit there all day, and if. If I get cut, it's like I was so close. And then I will just pick myself apart. What did I do wrong? It could have just been one thing. This is on me. Where if I was cut earlier in the process, I'd be like, all right, this just isn't for me. Probably shouldn't be in the NFL. And I'll just do something else with my life. Like, But that would be devastating to really grind it out all camp during preseason and then just be so close and get cut at the end. I mean, both scenarios suck. Let's be real. But for me and just how anxious I get, I would just rather it be sooner rather than later. So, yeah. And I, I definitely appreciate Steve's take. I'm, I'm definitely in Sarah's line. I, I look at it in terms of like games, like would you rather relive the 2019 NFC championship game where the Packers were essentially out of it by halftime when, you know, uh, Garoppolo threw eight passes and most of it went for 5,000 yards, or would you rather be the 2014 NFC championship game where the Packers should have won that one? And you can point to five, six, a dozen different things that if one of those goes differently, they win that game. I'm like, you're with Sarah. Like, I mean, you're, you're 54 and you get cut. And you're like, man, if I just want to drop that pass in practice like that, that's what it got me. Like, it's always that second guessing. Whereas if you're, if you're 79, they're like, well, I don't know. I'll go XFL is opening up or something. You know, you can, you can find work if you want it, man. Like you, you can do, you can do that. But it's, I would definitely be, if you don't want me, just tell me you don't want me very early. And we'll just, let's just let me get on with my life here. So that's, that's definitely where I sit on that. Uh, 
All right, uh, we st- sticking with the theme of our 53-man roster. This comes from our friend Matt Pickett. He says, you three have been very averse to declaring your cut candidates. He's Matt has asked us multiple times over the past couple months who are surprise cuts and stuff, and we just we have not answered them. So he's asking us basically why why have you been so averse to doing that? Because we have been. Um, so he said that he thinks there's very good reasons for it. In your own words, why do you, why do you avoid it? And then he's got a food question as he always does. Uh, what food do you try to avoid, but always go back to you? So Sarah, we'll start with you. Why, uh, why have you been averse to talking about cut candidates? It's really simple. I mean, similar to how I feel about the draft. I hate falling in love with one or two people and then my dreams just getting crushed at the end of it all. So I just don't like to, you know, pick, pick people like that. I think there are some like, yeah, we all have our 53 man roster projections, but I I've never been one to be, get really analytical about it and go and actually make it. But I know other people do and they're way smarter than me. So I'll just let them do it and enjoy their content. That's kind of just how I feel. I, I evaluate, you know, I have people like we were talking about before, like with Ento that I'm like, Oh yeah. Or Malik Taylor. So I definitely keep an eye on it. I just don't really, you know, post a lot and, you know, make my own predictions and list out on social media because uh, it's not my favorite thing ever either. I don't necessarily like watching people get cut and I know that's really hard. So that's just kind of where I sit on that one. Um, Food. What food do I always try to avoid, but always go back to? Um, I guess it's a drink, but it's just beer. I try it time and time again. And it just is, I just can't like it. I just, whenever my boyfriend and I go to eat and he gets a beer, he's like, here, try it. And I'm like, okay, maybe this is the time that I take a sip and it's not that bad. And it's just bad every time. So so we, we need to qualify this because what type, like what kind of beers do you try? Not like garbage ones. Like we'll go to like a brewery or something where it's like legit. It's not like I'm trying Natty Light or something like that. And I wouldn't assume that's what you'd be trying at a restaurant, but like, do you, you try like IPAs? Do you try, or do you not even know? No, I've tried IPAs. I, I like if the I'm forced to drink a beer, I, I'd prefer it to be like a lighter beer. I'm just like anything that's like super dark brown. That beer, it's just a no for me. Um, but I don't know. I just I can't. I don't know why. I just don't like it. And I try it over and over again, and it just never works out. So she's she's Charlie Cosmo and can't hardly wait, screaming the beer has gone bad. And every time she every time she has a beer, that's that's, that's basically Sarah at a restaurant. Don't drink the beer; the beer has gone bad. Uh, that's such a good reference. That's a good reference. <laughs> Thank you, uh, Steve. Uh, so why do you not talk about fifty three and and what's your what's your food that you just can't quite quit? Man. I... There's so many more talented, more dialed in people than I am on a 53 man roster. Like, like, like all the beat reporters, all like Andy's there, Jacob Westendorf, like all these people, they, they have so much more access to the Packers. I don't go to training camp. I don't like, I watch the preseason games, but I don't do the, you know, all 22. Like I trust dusty. I trust like Andy, I trust all those guys so much more than myself. I don't dive deep into like the training camp roster. I don't do that. Like it's just me putting a 53 man roster out there would be like throwing darts with a blindfold on. 
<laughs> I know. I like. Don't get me wrong. Like, I'd hit a couple of things. I would definitely hit a couple of things. And I know, like, the Packers roster is easier probably to predict than a lot. But I mean, you saw like there were there were multiple things on defense that nobody saw coming. Then the even the 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 beat reporters didn't see coming. So, I'm I to me, I just I like I I stay in my lane. Like, I let the people that know those things better than me take care of those things. So that's kind of why I always avoid the, the topic like I'm, I'm it will be me guessing and i don't feel comfortable guessing with somebody's job so yeah and then as far as uh food or drink that uh i keep coming back to we we had a, a joke about it before we even started but it's dunkin donuts coffee and i think i've officially <laughs> reached my limit of it today because my son was having a, a rough morning and every once in a while we'll We'll go get some munchkins and, and bring them into his class, and that's like a special treat. So just a nice thing for the kids to have a, a you know a special snack. And so he was having a rough morning, so we did it. And you know, I used to get Dunkin' Donuts coffee all the time, and it blew my mind because every single time I would go, I would order the same thing. I would get a, an extra large hot coffee with skim milk and sugar, and it it was crazy to me because it would taste different every single time that I would go to the same Dunkin' Donuts and I would get a different tasting coffee. And I put it, I think I put it on Facebook, but uh, one of my friends so he's like, yeah, he's like, you get the, it's a different, because it is it, it, burnt every time. And then it's burnt with a different level of skim milk and a different level of sugar. And I was like, my mind was blown. I was like, damn it. I'm like, that is exactly <laughs> what it is. Like I had the coffee this morning. I'm like, this is burnt coffee with a different level of skim milk and sugar. I'm like, I'm never going again. I'm never going again. However, I'm like a couple of months down the road, I'm sure I'll tweet out that I went to Dunkin' Donuts and I had burnt coffee again. So I, I try to avoid it, but at some point I'm, I'm assuming I'll have to go back. Yeah, and for me, uh, you know, I'm I'm I do make a 53 minute. I don't put it out there, but it's just to level set myself. And so when I'm talking about this, when I'm looking at what the, I mean, specifically the offense, what's the offense going to look like? What are the pieces going to look like? What can they run? How are they going to run it? That kind of stuff. I'm really level set myself so I don't have them keeping 10 wide receivers when that's not feasible to keep 10 wide receivers or even seven wide receivers because you got to fill out the rest of it. So for me, it's kind of a a level set. But I mean, kind of the thing you, that everyone else has been saying. I don't I don't really like speculating when it's someone else's job. Um, it's it's weird to me like two months in advance uh, for me personally to say like, I don't think this guy's going to make it because I don't know. What do I know? I'm not like beyond me not being at practices. I'm also not in the room with the guys either. Like there's so much that goes into football that we just don't see that. I just, I don't feel comfortable doing it. And then beyond that, as Steve said, like there's a thousand people that do this. Um, uh, you know, I say a thousand, I don't know. Matt, Matt has actually been gathering and he's been compiling all these. And I think he had a dozen or something that he was looking at in terms of like who picked them and, and who was more right and all that stuff. But there's, I, I, I take the same thing I do with the draft. I, 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 my, my role, I see my role in, uh, in the Packers blogosphere. I have a very specific role that I see. Um, there's other people that spend time doing all this other stuff. That's great. Cause there's a bunch of people and everyone's got their role to play. And I view mine as it's, it's, I cover it the same way as the draft, man. There's a lot of people, the people that dig into the draft and I will just watch what smart people say about the draft. And then yep. that's, that's how I'll learn. 53 is the same way. If they're saying this guy looks good at practice in his gains, if it wasn't for a lot of the reporting that went on at practice and stuff, I wouldn't care one way or another about in his gains. Uh, but you kind of read that stuff and you kind of start forming an opinion a little bit. And so I just let the people that know better than me kind of tackle that stuff. And then, I'll when it gets about a week okay what what do I think is going to happen who do I think is going to be around and for me it's roughly you know 
80% set by that point anyway. And then it's just kind of those guys on the fringes there. So it's just, I'm, there are people better than me. And, and I just, I don't feel like they're taking the time to keep up with that on a weekly basis. It's just not, I don't know. I got, I got other stuff going on. I'm tired, you know? Um, what food do I try to avoid? I always go back to it's Thanksgiving stuffing, man. I hate stuffing. Like I really do. My mom hand makes it. And it's amazing. And everyone loves it. And talks about good it is. I don't, it's the texture and the taste. I think it's the spice in there. I hate it. And every few years I think, well, maybe I'm older now. My taste buds have matured. And it turns out, no, I still just hate it. So I still do go back every now and then. Um, even though I know how it's going to end. So I do try that. Uh, we've got two more questions here. Uh, this one's from uh, Brian nerve grader. That's at MTG Lord of leaves. Not so as we all know, the week one game that was supposed to be played at New Orleans due to the hurricane is not going to be in New Orleans. And it was going to be in Dallas. And it's not going to be in Dallas because there's a concert, I believe, at the same time. So his question, not counting Lambeau or AT&T, where do you prefer the Packers-Saints game be held in week one and why? And what food would you want from that locale? Sarah. All right. So I have three locations and I've done my research and looked it up to make sure it's possible. In week one of the 2021 NFL season, Jacksonville Jaguars are not playing in their home stadium. They're playing at Texas. The Miami Dolphins are playing at New England. And Tampa Bay is the Thursday night game against Dallas. So there are no Florida football stadiums that are being used on the first Sunday of the NFL season. And there is a specific person, I don't know who she is, that lives in Florida (laughs) that would really like to see the Packers and just be able to drive um, and see the Packers. So, you know, I don't know who's listening. But I'm just going to throw that out there, that all three of those places are open. The weather is nice right now. It's sunny. So come on down. Come on down to Florida. Neutral location. I'll be there. So I'll, I, I literally looked this up. I didn't want to just say it and be like, oh, <laughs> they can play at any of these stadiums. I looked it up. All three are available the first Sunday. All three are available. So your move, Green Bay. And New Orleans, your move. I've done zero research. I just know that the University of Kentucky does not play on Sundays. Therefore, they should come to Kentucky because it's close to me. And then I will eat a Kentucky hot brown because those things are delicious. Steve, where should they play? Uh, I do have to have, ask a question. I was in Kentucky and I went on bourbon tour at Maker's Mark. And they mm. I ordered a hot brown and it came with technically it's supposed to be brown gravy, right? If yeah. I, yeah, so it came with white gravy on it. It was one of the worst things I've ever had. <laughs> you got to get a good one because it's an open face sandwich with gravy. So that's, that gets soggy real quick. Yeah. Real quick if they don't do it right. So, okay. I want to make sure that uh, Maker's Mark screwed it up and that, uh, yeah. Anyway, I would go, I'd go West Coast. I would go as long as it's outside because I don't want New Orleans in the dome. I don't want them in a dome at all. I want them outside and they're outside uh, in florida just throwing that out there (laughs) anyway uh california uh i would like to do that and the reason i would do that is because i've never had in and out burger i've never had what's the other one dusty was it what what a burger oh whataburger's uh texas i believe yeah okay so you know somewhere in there i would like to have um i've I've never had that and i know it's a big deal like in and out like people are crazy about it like i think it's that the animal fries that people love or hate. Like, I, I would just like to try it. Like, I, I don't expect my mind to be blown, but I, I would like to try that at some point. So I would say if that was the case, I would travel out there and, and do that. I'm going to make a correction. Kentucky Hot Brown does not have to be brown gravy, Steve. It's okay. just you you cook it until it's browned, until the top is browned. 
Gotcha. So it's a name because it's uh it's cheesy. It was it was still awful to make. I was just I was mad that I was at Maker's Mark on a bourbon tour. So I'm be honest with you, I'm not a huge fan of them. It's just in Kentucky and it's our like Kentucky dish, and so that's what I get. Otherwise, it's just I don't know bourbon. I will eat bourbon. That's what I will eat, and that's fine. Uh, last question, Brian Hardstead. We're <laughs> let Steve roll for a minute here. Okay, so first <laughs> question, uh, not a Packers question, but it's a football one. What team would be the best fit for Cam Newton? As we all know, surprise cut, Cam Newton from New England today. And also, it's fair time. What fair food is your favorite? So I'm not going to answer the fair food one because um, I don't really have one. Uh, what team would be the best fit for Cam Newton? I, I mean, it depends on what you think he has left in the tank. My go-to would be the Broncos just because they're set to win now. And so if you think that his upside is better than Teddy Bridgewater, who's their current starter, and you know, they've got Drew Locke sitting behind him, then and you think you can win now, go for it. Um, and if not, I don't know. I've heard a lot of Texans, but Texans are going to be butt this year, man. And they're not going anywhere with or without Cam Newton. So I, I would think Broncos just because they desperately need a quarterback with some upside, I think. Sarah? I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be the Broncos quarterback. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'll with you. Let, let, let Cam Newton go there, then do really well. And then the Broncos, you know, won't want to go after Aaron Rodgers, right? Wink, wink. No. Wink, wink. Um, no, nah, I, I don't know. That That's a good – it is a good question from Brian. I have been seeing a lot of talk about the Texans, and I think it makes sense as far as like the longevity of that. But I don't know how much he has left. And then also, they're just in shambles. That that franchise is just a mess. So it's it's it kind of sucks for Cam. I I don't know where he's going to end up, but it's going to be a tough situation. And Fair time, what fair food is my favorite? Probably just the classic funnel cake. I mean, you can't really go wrong. I, I get it every time. I mean, I haven't been to the fair in years, but when I used to go a lot, that's that was my go-to. Man, with Cam Newton, I, I honestly don't know. I know everybody's saying Texans, but if he goes to the Texans, that means Deshaun Watson is being traded most likely to Miami. And if he's going to Miami, that means Tua Tungavailoa is probably coming back to the Texans, even if he goes to the Eagles, like I would assume Jalen Hurts would be coming back in that trade. I honestly can't think of a good landing spot for him right now. I think it's better for him to wait it out and see who gets hurt in a couple of weeks and kind of go from there. I mean, maybe the only thing that makes sense in my head right now would be the Colts where it would be a good backup situation with Carson Wentz, where he's kind of iffy with his foot injury. So I, it sucks, but I think that would be the smartest thing for him right now would just be to kind of wait. And then as far as fair foods go, man, I was at Wisconsin State Fair the other week, and it sucked. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> I freaking hated it. There were way too many people there. Like, it was insane. We There were so many people that my wife and I were there with our two kids, and we were like, okay, we're going to take them down to all the rides. And we walked all the way down to the rides, which is at the end of State Fair. And we got down there, and there was more people down there than there were in the regular State (laughs) Fair part. So it was even crazier. And we looked at it, and the line to get tickets to go onto the rides was 30 minutes long. So in order to get the privilege to buy tickets to go on rides, you had to wait for 30 minutes, which everybody knows having a 6-year-old and a 3-year-old waiting in the hot sun for 30 minutes for tickets is, is just an outstanding thing to do. So uh, we bought them, we bought them stuff at the, uh, at, at the gift center and we called it a day. So, um, 
it just it's not like to me it's not fun like everybody loves Summerfest. i hate Summerfest. there's way too many <laughs> damn people there it's just bouncing off of people just way too expensive beer like it, none of it I, I don't have fun with any of it so the food is the one uh you know resounding win from all the fair stuff so i will say the one thing i did really love this time was i had the deep fried cookie dough and man, that was some awesome stuff. One of them is good though. If you're buying, like they'll they'll try to get you to buy three of them, and that's too much. So one deep fried cookie dough. Oh, damn! I would say that was my favorite. Yeah, one deep fried anything is amazing, and then two deep fried anything's is is not not so amazing. Um, <laughs> all right, well that's it, guys. Thanks everyone for your questions and and sitting through. And it was kind of a uh, you know kind of a slightly extra long episode this week, but with the uh, kind of talking through the 53 and everything, we thought we'd, we'd kind of spend time with that a little bit. So appreciate everyone sticking with us. Uh, Steve, you have any uh, final thoughts to carry us out here? No, I mean, I'm, I'm super excited that we're getting back to, we're getting back to Packers football, like regular season, real football. It's been an unbelievably long off season. Like I, I appreciate it. We all appreciate the fact that you guys stuck with us, listened to us every single week when we were, you know, struggling to come up with some content and, um, but we're, we're super excited that we're going to be able to talk real football. Dusty's going to be breaking down plays and offensive oh, concepts. Great. And it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. So we're, we're super excited to get back to it, but uh, man, uh, same thing I've been beating the drum for every single week the last couple of weeks is make sure you're going out and trying to get vaccinated. Uh, we all want to get back to a normal life, so let's do that and, and do that and get everybody healthy. So, uh, you know, try to avoid taking, um, you know, medication meant for animals. Like, just, that, that's not a good idea. Just not mm-hmm. a good idea. So mm-hmm. um, let's let's get back to uh, being, being in full stadiums and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm excited for football, man. Sarah? Yeah, I mean, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. Next week, we're going to preview an actual game and not just, you know, preseason games that don't really mean anything. And it's just really exciting that we finally made it. Like Steve said, this offseason was so long and just the worst. So it's nice that we finally made it to this point. And I'm excited, you know, I, I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to be on Pat McAfee next Tuesday. Maybe. I didn't check the date. Yeah, I'm not sure when he's starting. Um, so, hope, fingers crossed. We'll see. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that again. I always love breaking that down with you guys. So, it, it should be a good time. Um, excited to write game recaps about, you know, the Packers ones and not their twos and threes and people that <laughs> are not even on the team anymore. So, that's no hate. It's just, you know, it's a little more fun to write about Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. That's reality, right? Yeah. So, um, but before we go, I did want to give a shout out to Don and Matt, who are two of our Mm -hmm. most loyal Mm -hmm. listeners, um, because they're actually starting their own podcast together. That's called, Hey, We Like Your Pod. And I think it's a great idea. Um, And it's it's launching this weekend on Saturday, I'm pretty sure. So they're basically just going to look at, you know, the amazing bloggers, personalities, and different podcasts, writers, you know, everything that we're lucky enough to have as Packers fans, um, and just kind of give out superlatives, like who had the best analysis, who was funniest, who was the weirdest. Um, So I'm expecting us to get the weirdest, you know, a lot of times, (laughs) but um, no pressure there, guys. But just want to give them a shout out. You know, they have a Twitter page. It's at hey, uh, W-L, 
YP. So go ahead and give them a follow. They're good people and excited to see that content and, you know, hopefully work together with them sometime. It seems like a cool concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I'm excited to see what they come up with. Uh, and uh, Sarah, you mentioned Rogers on McAfee Tuesdays. Man, there's other stuff going on this year, too. Cheesehead has, yep. has AJ Dillon Mondays and Game on Wisconsin just yesterday, uh, when you listen to this, announced MVS uh, Tuesdays. So last year they did Jamal Williams. The Jamal Williams had a weekly show over there to raise money for charity, and this year they're doing the same thing with MVS. So uh, they announced that this uh, yesterday afternoon, and so that's that's going to be really exciting as well. So it's, uh, man, I don't, and I don't know when that's going to run, but I know AJ Dillon's Monday. I think the MVS will likely be before we record, so we may have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about uh, on Tuesdays going forward, which is which is pretty exciting. So always good to see uh, see good people doing good things there. So uh, yeah, for for me, yeah, kind of the same thing. Everyone else said, man, just if you can get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Uh, I'm I'm going to a game in a few weeks. I'm gonna be at the home opener, which I'm really excited about, a little nervous about, but excited about. Uh, so it'd be it'd be cool to be in a uh, be in a stadium watching football again. And then as far as my writing stuff today over on Cheesehead TV, you'll be able to read the, my last uh, preseason recap. No coaches film this time. I was not able to get the coaches film, and so I've got five plays a little closer to the line of scrimmage from this past week that I kind of looked at. So. That was exciting, um, you know, without the coaches film and, and, you know, again, preseason. Preseason, I'm just cobbling together stuff, man, because, you know, the defense, I think we saw some new stuff on defense, but offense is just, it's it's relatively vanilla on offense. Defense was a little more interesting this year to watch, but uh, I'm excited to get into get into the plays, man. I'm getting get into the playbook a little bit more, so it's going to be exciting. But I will have at Chiefs had my last preseason uh, piece up today at 4, so you can read that. Um, had fun with it. I think it's a good one. Uh, and that's it. So again, guys, thanks for listening. You know, we'll be back, uh, next week as always follow us on Twitter. That's at Steve Perhatch at Sarah Kelleher for at Dusty Evely and the podcast at, at Peck a podcast rate and review, please five stars on, uh, on your podcast listening platform of choice would be very, very nice. Uh, thank you all for listening. Listen tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the day after that, because we're getting ready for football, man. And we're cranking out the content. So, uh, thanks always for listening. And as always go Peck go.